You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. He lives, I can face tomorrow. And that is definitely a truth. Keep your Bibles out, John chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at a lot of verses tonight. And don't wait for the screen to turn. It's not going to turn. Uh, going to turn our Bibles tonight. And so anyway, uh, just uh, get those out. Uh, these are some verses that, that uh, are important for you to know where they're at. These are some verses that need to be highlighted in your Bible, uh, some verses that you can go to as a, uh, as a source of strength and help, uh, because God is, He's revealed Himself to us uh, in His Word, and that is such a blessing. Let's go again, John chapter 10, look at verse number 10, John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Now, as we go through this passage of Scripture, you go through the Gospel of John, uh, we find the great I am statements. There's four I am statements, uh, and here we get to see in John 10, uh, two of them. Uh, but here, when we look here, uh, I want you to go to back, uh, back to John 6. And look with me at verse 35, John 6, 35. And the Bible tells us here, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So uh, the first, that I am statement there, is the Lord said, I am the bread of life. Uh, then he revealed himself in John chapter number 8, go to verse number 12, John chapter 8 and verse number 12, and here we find the Lord uh, giving another I am uh, statement here. John eight twelve. then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so now we have not just the bread of life, now we have the light of the world. And then go to John chapter 10. And in John 10, we find that there is another revelation uh, that the Lord has given. And here in John 10, he tells in verse number 9, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So the Lord says, I am the door. So I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. But then the fourth statement, and this is the one we're going to look at tonight, in verse number 14, the Lord said, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Now, as we look at these, these I am statements, we are seeing the Lord 
reveal himself. These are revelations of who the Lord is. These are ways that he is communicating to man who he is. And so uh, these, these terms that the Lord used himself, uh, they, were, they were terms that some of them they had a little bit of struggles with. But when the Lord said, I am the good shepherd, that was a term that was understood. In Bible days and in the culture of the day and during this time in the community, people understood what a shepherd was. They understood the role of a shepherd. Now, here in America and in our area, uh, we, we still drive down the highway and we might see some sheep or some goats that are out there that are just u- being used to, uh, to, to bring the vegetation down. And uh, we might, we've got a bunch of goats over here uh, on the property next to us. But people that we know, it's not a normal occupation. And this day, everybody knew shepherds because that was a normal occupation. Now, the shepherds weren't all accepted, but there were but everybody knew shepherds. They saw shepherds. This was a normal uh, thing. So when, we, when the Lord said, I am the good uh, shepherd, uh, we find several categorizations and characterizations, if you would, of those that are in this passage. And, and he lists quite a few different people. And we're going to look at some of them uh, this, this evening here as we look at I am the Good Shepherd. So the, the title of the message tonight is The Good Shepherd, and let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless now. Uh, use your word uh, to encourage us. I pray that we would see you a little clearer in our own lives. I pray that we would look towards you uh, for the needs that we have. And so we, we come before you tonight needy. And Lord, you came as the good shepherd because you knew that we were needy. You knew that we were vulnerable. You knew that we were weak. You knew that we needed somebody to take care of us. And so uh, we come before you humbled uh, that you would care enough to identify yourself as a shepherd. And so help us tonight, please, for Christ's sake, we pray, amen. So in verse number 1 of John chapter 10, uh, let's look at that verse there. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So now we are going to see throughout this passage, we'll see that there was a sheepfold. Uh, So there was the fold in verse number 1. And then later we will have the reference of the sheep and his sheep, and that would be the flock. So we have the fold, we have the flock. Uh, Verse number 1 of chapter 10 and verse number 8 of chapter 10, we find a thief and a robber. So so here we have the flock, or the fold, we have the flock, we have the uh, robber and a thief in verse 1 and 7. 
7, we see the Lord identifying himself as the door. Uh, he's revealing the door. Verse 3, there is a porter. The porter is the one that would open the door into the sheepfold. Uh, that would be the person that would facilitate the opening of the door. Now, we know that the Lord is the door. Isn't it ironic how the Lord has given us the opportunity to bring him to people so they can walk through the door so they can uh, have light and so they can have life uh, and have it more abundantly so we see the porter that's there uh, a person that is coming alongside and and facilitating people going in and out and then we have uh, the sheep in verse two and three the shepherd verse two through four and then we see a stranger in verse number five now uh, since the people here did not understand some of the symbolic uh, language, Jesus followed that uh, illustration up with the, uh, the application of verses 7 to 10 when he said, I am the door. And he is the door of the sheepfold. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says this, uh, he, he is uh, the door of the sheepfold and makes it possible for sheep to leave the fold, uh, which is the religion and Judaism, and, and to enter into his flock. The Pharisees, uh, they had thrown in John chapter 9, they threw that beggar out, uh, that uh, the, the beggar that uh, had had uh, been healed, he had, he had been thrown out of the synagogue, uh, and then uh, Jesus, though, he led him out of Judaism, and the Lord led him to himself, and to where he, he put his faith, and so there was that process. Now, it was common during this day that the shepherds would gather collectively into a sheepfold uh, for protection. So they would have all of these, uh, all of these different individuals that uh, had their own flocks, and they would they would come to this sheepfold area. And many times it was just a crevice in a uh, canyon. Uh, it was a it was an area where they had built up rocks and they had uh, maybe taken branches and weaved them together to make a fence. But it was a spot where they would bring all of the sheep in, and the shepherd though would become that door. The shepherd would lay down at the opening so nobody could come in or out and that the sheep wouldn't be able to wander out. Now, with that, that's what we find the Lord being. He is the good shepherd. He is, he is right there to make sure that we are not going to wander. You know, if we wander, it's because we are not close to our shepherd. If we wander, it's because we have, we have looked for some other ways out of the sheepfold. The Lord talked about the, the thief and the robber. Uh, we see the wolf that's trying to get in. Uh, but the Lord, He is the one that's there. And He is the one that gives, gives us the ability to go in and out. Now, we're not talking about going in and out of salvation. We're talking about liberty that the Lord gives. You know, the devil is the one that brings bondage. The Lord doesn't give bondage. The Lord frees us. 
You know, do you remember the bondage of sin? Some of you got to go back and remember. Because when you remember the bondage of sin that you experienced and the freedom that the Lord gave to you, there is great joy that's there because of that. And so when Jesus said he was the door, he was declaring uh, to everyone uh, to everyone, that everyone that would leave the flock of Judaism and enter into the flock of God, that it would be through him. So verse number nine, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so Christ, as the door, uh, he's the provider of life, he is not restrictive. He is not uh, trying to keep us back. Uh, he brings that uh, that uh, that that uh, victory that's there, and so he said, "If any man enter in, uh, he shall be saved. He shall be saved." And aren't you glad that if any man enter in, he shall be saved? It's still a whosoever gospel, no matter what the Calvinists say. Uh, it's still a whosoever will may come and take of the water of life freely. And so uh, here we see that the Lord gives that freedom and liberty. Uh, the thief and the robber is the one who is restrictive. Uh, the wolf is there. He is the destroyer. He is the one that is destructive. Uh, but John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And the Lord wants us to have that abundant life. And when He revealed to us that He wants us to have that abundant life, as we look at His Word, the very next word or the very next verse is, "I am the good shepherd." You know, we, we separate Bible way too much. We get to a chapter end and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this must be a different day, this must be a different event, but it's not the case. And here as these verses go together, uh, the, the number system was not ordained by God. The number system was a tool that man utilized and implemented to help us find scripture, to categorize scripture. Uh, but when this was written, uh, there were not 28 chapters. There were not uh, however many verses, 42 verses in, in John chapter, there was no John chapter 10. Uh, and so it was just one uh, message. And so the Lord said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And so with that then, when you think, that the Lord is coming that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly, then the Lord says, I am the good shepherd. And with that now, he is communicating uh, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And, and he is going through revealing here that he is here for his sheep. And what a blessing. To think that the Lord would be here for us. I am the good shepherd. And so the, the Lord tells us that the good shepherd gives 
life. Uh, not only does the good shepherd give life, he wants that life to be more abundant. That means that it is growing. It is getting better. The Lord wants your life to get better. He doesn't want our life to just be this existence. You know, the hyper-dispensationalists, they go to Revelations chapter 2 and 3, and they've taken the different churches, and, and now when they get to the church of Laodicea, the hyper-dispensationalists would say that we are in the age of the Laodicean church age, is what they would say, and the Laodicean church age is just hold fast that which thou hast. It's just hang on. It's not pressing forward. It's not I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. It's just hold on. And the Lord didn't ever tell us just to hold on. He didn't tell us He came to give us sustenance just so we could survive. He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And, you know, as a believer, what's our attitude about our life? Our attitude determines our, our altitude. And the Lord has given us the ability to have an abundant life. Or we can just survive. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just go through life, another day, Eeyore, here we go. If we're not careful, we can have that Eeyore mentality. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. And that's an attitude, if we're not careful, that we can embrace. But that's not the attitude that the Lord said He came to give us. He said, I am come that they might have life. He said, I'm a good shepherd. I'm not just here just to protect you so we can slaughter you later. Now, in the Old Testament, the sheep was there as the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the sheep was the sacrifice. In the New Testament, the shepherd was the sacrifice. And the Lord gave his life for the sheep. So what kind of life do we, was his life worth giving? If he gave his life so we could have life more abundant, are we having abundant life? It's up to you. It's available. But if you're, if you're miserable... It's your fault. Amen. It's the reality. Because the good shepherd came to give us life and that we might have it more abundantly. So on the other side uh, of the good shepherd then, then you have the hireling, uh, one who does the work of the shepherd, but he's not the shepherd. Uh, there's no sacrifice, there's no extra, there's no protection. Uh, everything is about him. And the hireling, he was there just so he could get something out of the whole situation. 
And you know, our, our shepherd is a good shepherd. He is not a hireling. And the Lord isn't trying to get anything out of us. He has everything. He is not abusive. He is not manipulative. He's a good shepherd. And there are those, he, he identifies that there were those that were, uh, were hirelings. Uh, the hireling to the hireling, the, the sheep are just a job. It is just a way to make a living. It was just a way to pay the bills. And as soon as it got to a place where, oh no, there's danger for me or it's hard for me, uh, they bail. And, and that is what the Lord said about the hireling. Uh, and so the whole process, though, of shepherding uh, to them, to the hireling, is a means to an end for them, for their prosperity, for their provision. And it was not about the sheep at all. It was about them. It was about what they could get out of the situation. Now, in John chapter 10, we find the Lord saying, I am the good shepherd. And so uh, he is the good shepherd. He said, the good shepherd giveth his, sheep, his life for the sheep, but he that is in the hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So uh, what do we find? We find the hireling, we find the shepherd, uh, we find the sheep, uh, we find that there is one that is trying to scatter the sheep, to destroy the sheep, and and, and so uh, there is a danger, there is an inerrant danger that the sheep are facing all the time. But because of the presence of the good shepherd, we're safe. We're safe. And that's where we've got to make sure that we stay close to the good shepherd. Now, in the scriptures, we find some people that were shepherds that were good shepherds. Now, they weren't the good shepherd, but they were good shepherds. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. In 1 Samuel 17, we're going to find an action and an attitude of someone who was a real good shepherd. Uh, this was an individual who's, who's, uh, the Lord would have identified as a good shepherd. Uh, so 1 Samuel chapter 17, look with me at verse number 34. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 34, the Bible says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them." seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was David and I was the shepherd, I don't know that I would have went up against the lion or I would have gone up against a bear uh, without a 45 or without a, uh, without a firearm for sure, uh, but, but here he was uh, and he fought them and he slew them. Why? Because he was not a hireling. 
He cared about the sheep. You see, he was a true shepherd. He had the heart of the shepherd. No wonder the Lord said that David was a man after my own heart. Why? Because he had the heart of a shepherd, and the Lord was the good shepherd. Uh, the heart of the shepherd was one who loved the sheep, and David loved the sheep, and the good shepherd loves the sheep. And so there was a care that was there. There was a, uh, there was a, uh, a sincere dedication that was there, and that was what the Lord revealed uh, about himself. He gives his life for the sheep. David, he was willing to give his life. He fought that lion, fought that bear uh, for the sheep. Why? Because he had a shepherd's heart. Go to Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, we find some other shepherds that are pointed out, and by their actions, they are revealing that they were good shepherds as well. Go to Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Others are sleeping. The hireling was sleeping. But these shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. They were... There was no timeline. There was no shift change. There was no, I'm clocking out. They were there to watch the sheep. And they were there to care for the sheep. So the actions and the attitudes of these shepherds revealed that they truly had a care about the flock. And it wasn't about them. And so here the Lord is, is just sharing uh, some things about this about who he was, and it was something that the people of the day understood. They understood the, the, the idea of a shepherd. Now, several things tonight about the good shepherd. Uh, we might actually get to the message. We're going to get to point number one tonight. Uh, so, several things about the shepherd. Go to John chapter 10 and verse number 3. Uh, the Bible says here, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. I want you to see first of all tonight that the good shepherd knows he knows our name. He knows our name. The Lord knows you. If you're his, he knows you. If you are really a child of God, if you have been born again, if you are uh, in the flock and not just in a sheepfold somewhere, uh, and you have come in and by faith you have accepted him as your Savior, he knows your name. Think about that. Out of 7 point what billion, 7.3 billion, uh, I think is the number now, 7.3, 7.4 billion people on the face of the earth, the Lord knows you. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that God would know my name. 
He said, I know them. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Uh, here, uh, he, is, he is one that has lead. He knows, he knows us. Uh, when we think about uh, uh, some of the disciples, we think about people in Scripture uh, that the Lord, uh, that, that he uh, uh, worked with. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 42. I'll read it to you quickly. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, but thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Uh, what do we find? The Lord not only knew Peter, not only did he know his old name, he even gave him a new name. You think about Saul of Tarsus, what happened? He got saved and what happened? He ended up getting a new name. There was a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Uh, and so here there was a name. The, the good shepherd, he knows the name of his sheep. Uh, in John chapter 20 and verse 16, after the Lord had resurrected, Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. What was it? He called her by name. And when the Lord called her name, that made all the difference in the world. The Lord knows your name. No matter how obscure we might feel. No matter how insignificant we might feel that we are in this huge landscape of planet Earth and out of all of the billions of people and the millions of people in California and maybe even out of the hundreds of people, even within our own church, uh, the Lord knows your name. He knows you. That's pretty amazing. If the Lord knows you, it doesn't matter if anybody else does. You know, we get ourselves all wound up that somebody doesn't know me or doesn't pay attention to me. Man, the Lord pays attention. If the good shepherd is going to pay attention to me, it doesn't matter. You know, if I've got a few people that pay attention to me, if my, if my sweetie pays attention to me, my children and grandchildren... Man, life's good. I love y'all too, but but when it when it comes to having someone that you love know you, that's amazing. And here the Lord, He knows our name. Not only does He know our name, verse 14, He knows our nature. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. And know my sheep. It wasn't just that he knew their name. He knew their nature. He knows everything about us. He knows our risings up. He knows our falling downs. He knows our strengths and he knows our weaknesses. He knows our tendencies for good. He knows our tendencies for bad. He knows the characteristics. Now, as sheep, we all have some things, some characteristics that are, uh, that are just characteristics of a sheep's nature. And some of that is going to be the same across the board for all of us. But there are characteristics of each of the sheep individually. 
you know, here we are sitting together. We're all alive. We're all human. We're all breathing air. We're all, we all have blood flowing through our veins. There are a lot of characteristics that we share. We eat. We sleep. There, there are a lot of things, characteristics that are the same. But there are a lot of differences, aren't there? When you look at the disciples, Peter was impulsive. Peter was that one that was right out front, didn't care if he was right or wrong, he'd figure that out later. He was lead, follow, or get out of the way. He was going to go with you or without you, it didn't matter, but he was going to go. And you look at a Peter who was very impulsive, and then you see a John who was very emotional and compassionate. I can, it's just sort of hard to see the two same guys together. You see a Thomas who was doubting. You see a Judas who was deceitful. You know, every one of us have got different characteristics. Sometimes people say, well, that's just how I am. Change. And such were some of you. You know, he makes us a new creature, a new creation. So areas in our life where things aren't right, just because it is comfortable for us doesn't mean that that's where we should stay. I make myself talk to people. I go to a gas station. I purposefully talk to people because I'm okay just with me. I'm okay being quiet. And if I'm not careful, I can back up and not be who the Lord wants me to be. When I was in college, I put all of my, my speaking classes, I'm going to be a pastor. And I put my preaching and homiletics and all those classes off uh, to my senior year. Why? Because I didn't want to get up in front of anybody. He said, oh, pastor, it's just natural for you. No, it's not. I push myself to do things that aren't comfortable for me. Why? Because I feel like that's what the Lord wants me to do. But in our lives, we're all different. We have different char characteristics about us. And as we do, the Lord knows about them. 
And there are characteristics that some have that are just amazing. And some people that God has given different strengths to. And it's, and it's awesome to be able to watch the, uh, how he uses them with. And God knows all of us. He sees us. Uh, he sees the impulsiveness of those like Peter, the doubting Thomases, uh, the Judas who was deceitful, uh, Paul who was zealous. There are some who are shy. There are some who are social. There are others who are just secretive. And there are a lot of different characteristics, but the Lord said that I know my sheep. He knows us. Not only does He know our name, He knows our nature, He knows our needs. He knows our needs. Verse number 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He knows our needs. He knows what you need. Before we even ask, He knows what we need. Do you ever go to the Lord in prayer and, Lord, I don't even know where to start. I know I am needy right now, but I don't even know what it is. I know something's not quite right. But I can't even tell you what's wrong. But I just know I need some help. And the good shepherd knows our needs. He knows our needs of salvation. He know, need, knows our needs of sustenance. He knows those, need, those needs of protection and provision. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, the psalmist said, uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, He knows our needs. He is there to lead us and to guide us, but we have to draw to Him. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. That's the onus that He puts on us. He said, you take that step forward, and then I'll take that step forward. You draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. And so the Lord is a good shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the good shepherd, the Lord, he knows our needs. There is no need that escapes his watchful eye. There is no necessity that is too small or too insignificant for his care. So oh, my needs out of everybody's needs, they're so small. Well, the good shepherd knows. Well, how could he know? Because he's good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. You know, you and I need to just draw closer to him. We need to be looking for his leading in our life. We need to be submitting ourselves to him. So as he leads that we will know his voice and we will follow. I was going to have a video to show you tonight, but I was watching it earlier today, and there was a shepherd that turned on his phone, and he started walking. 
And as soon as he started walking, he's talking about John chapter 10. And about 30 or 40 sheep, just as he's walking across this pasture, he wasn't calling them. He wasn't putting food out. He's got a phone in front of him, and he's walking uh, with that phone. And you see behind him all of these sheep just coming right in, and they formed a single file line. They knew his voice, and wherever he was going, that's where they were going. You know, there are some wandering sheep that are out there. And maybe they have lost the attentiveness or the, the ability to be attuned to the voice of the shepherd. Do you know how they know where to get back in? It's because the other sheep that do know his voice are following and as those other sheep, he said, when I get other sheep and I add them to my flock, they don't know my voice yet. But as my sheep, as my flock follows me, it doesn't take them long to start following the other sheep until they know my name or know my voice and they follow on their own. You know, all of us, we need to make sure not only does he know my name, my nature, my needs, we need to make sure that we know his voice. We know his voice. We know his word. His word is his voice. And we need to know his voice and follow his voice so we will be closer to him. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your word. And Lord, thank you for being a good shepherd. And I pray that you would help each of us tonight in our own lives. Uh, Lord, we do have burdens and we have uh, struggles. And there are, uh, there are wolves that are out there. And there are dangers that are there. And there are hirelings that are deceitful. And uh, Lord, we, we find ourselves, Lord, uh, places where, uh, Lord, it's easy to get confused and get sidetracked and uh, get maybe even a little discouraged and dissuaded. I pray that you would help us just to see and to sense how good of a shepherd you are and just help us to know your voice and to follow. So I pray that you'd help our people tonight. Help all of us, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's just stand together. We'll have a short invitation. If the Lord put his finger on something in your life, maybe, maybe his voice has drawn a little, a little uh, silent. Maybe your attuneation of, of listening to his voice, maybe it's grown a little, a little dark. A little quiet. Let's listen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.